Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. Stand tall, creative giants. For as much as I talk about creative giants, and even name this podcast about them, I haven't directly talked about the term creative giants itself. Let's fix that today. Rather than recreate the wheel here, I'm going to share an abridged version of the original post I wrote about this called Stand Tall Creative Giants. You can read it on Productive Flourishing. It's in the show notes. I'm going to kick this one off with a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. Far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checked by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much, because they live in a gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. Creative giants are naturally compassionate, creative people who have the vision to see how the world might be, the courage to take action, and the capability to actually change the world. These people aren't just a black beret-wearing artist that we might typically think of when we hear the word creative. They're engineers, doctors, programmers, leaders, and scientists, as well as painters, musicians, designers, and writers. Actually, because they're Renaissance people, they're often both engineers and musicians, and leaders, and, and, and. In fact, One of the distinguishing features is that they are and people who get tired of trying to present themselves to a very limited either-or world. It's not that they're trying to be difficult, it's that they just don't see the world that way or show up with an easy either-or label. They always need a few extra circles for whatever Venn diagrams people try to use to categorize them. While not all creative giants are entrepreneurs, They're almost always entrepreneurial because they're always seeking ways to better use what's in front of them to create more value. In organizations that employ them, they're the entrepreneurs, linchpins, trust agents, or whatever term trends next year's to describe the same thing. Lastly, creative giants are often reluctant and accidental leaders. They didn't set out to be leaders, but rather fell into it. Because they don't see themselves as fitting the leader archetype, they discount the fact that A, they're leading, B, there are many ways to be an effective leader, and C, most of the principles of leadership are learnable and practicable. I know, because I've been mentoring reluctant and accidental leaders for a little over 25 years now. Hey, I had an early start through youth leadership programs and continued in the Boy Scouts and military training. The Creative Giant's Challenges In my mind, the best way to understand who a creative giant is is to talk about his or her challenges and the ways that their creativity, intelligence, compassion, and personal power generate tensions and polarities. I'll list the major challenges, which will help me explain where the giant part comes from later on. 1. They can do just about anything they set their minds to. They're scared they're going to pick the wrong thing. 2. They chronically overcommit because, on the one hand, 
People turn to them for a lot of help or to see projects through, and most things are easy for them to do. They forget the cumulative cost of small commitments, and they often forget that everything takes longer than they think it will. 3. They have finished projects because they've worked out the puzzle or adventure before they finish the project. The projects have thus lost their appeal, and they have other commitments to attend to. See number 2 above. 4. Their compassion gets in the way of their personal power. They suck at receiving. They undervalue themselves so that others can afford them or don't feel small. They can't win because they think other people must lose for them to do so. They can't move on because they think they have to leave someone behind, etc. They spend an inordinate amount of time either hiding their power or throttling it so that they can play nicely with others and keep the peace. 5. They learn and grow quickly, so relationships are hard for them to maintain. Even when they have the patience for people who aren't continually expanding, they still don't understand why people wouldn't want to grow. 6. Because they are socially adaptable, they often struggle with keeping to their core beliefs and values. They adopt worldviews quickly and sometimes forget that someone else's worldview isn't their own until maybe they've stretched a little bit too far and forgotten what they really started the process and adventure for. 7. Success is an ever-evolving thing for them. They accomplish things that other people could only dream of, but it's not enough for them because they know they could do more or they know what they could have done better if they had had more time. They're great builders of never-ending ladders. 8. They crave simplicity at the same time that they reject it. Their native creativity and intelligence thrive on the tension of complexity and novelty, oftentimes obscuring their experiential knowledge that simplicity, structure, flow, and sufficiency form the broad, plain path that enables them to thrive. 9. They created conceptual tension between strategy and compassion and often don't see that being better in the world means that they can better serve and lead others. They can do well and do good at the same time. 10. Busy, accomplished people always get more responsibility than everyone else, so it's easy for them to be overwhelmed. An evergreen problem is that they have more demands on them than they have the capacity to meet, and every time they satisfy one demand... Another one or two just pop right up to replace them. 11. They have a chronic problem with over-delivering. Good enough is never good enough, especially if someone has paid them to do something. 12. Cultivating their physical health has to be an intentional practice that they remain vigilant about because they work with their minds because they often get pulled into travel, extended projects, or caregiver roles that disrupt their routines, they easily fall off the exercise wagon. If you're listening to this list and you're like, everyone has those problems, I have two things to tell you. One, you're wrong. And B, you're a creative giant. Welcome to the club. Coffee's in the back, the bathroom is down the hall, and one of these days we'll be getting equipment in the fitness center. Just not today got other stuff to do. Why giant? 
let's talk about the giant part of the creative giant. The term addresses a recurring pattern I've seen for years in conversations with my friends, clients, colleagues, co-mentors, and mentors. In private conversations and in workshops, I talk a lot about superheroes because the metaphor provides such a rich and clear lens for the stories we can tell ourselves. And the superhero concept is one that female creative giants have historically had a harder time getting into. So I started looking for more accessible language. What so many of my conversation partners were describing was the feeling of having to tiptoe around people lest they end up triggering, hurting, or enchanting those other people. It's as if they were giants having to pretend to be normal-sized people just so that they didn't step on others, scare them, or awe them. Additionally, creative giants are just as often introverts as they are extroverts. So while they might not actively make themselves smaller, their giant hood might still not be readily apparent. Until you get them talking about something they're interested in, of course. To add further insult to a long life of injuries, creative giants who show up to events and conferences that put on a big show often find themselves sorely disappointed, but unable to really talk about it. While everyone else is having a great time and or having their minds blown, the creative giants are trying to figure out A, how not to show their internal discomfort, B, what's wrong with them that they're not getting it, C, whether to cut their losses and leave or hold out for that one idea that may be a game changer for them, or D, how to find other creative giants so the trip isn't a bust. Yes, they're doing all this at once because that's what it means to be a creative giant. Just as an aside, it's for this reason that I tell creative giants to decide whether the conference or event is worth it at all if all they do is meet a handful or two of people they click with or finally get to meet. If not, you might want to pass on it. The other reason that they're giants, though, is that they really are powerful. Their native power is also a perennial downfall for them. They can do so much without trying hard that they simply don't cultivate self-mastery skills. They rarely learn to study and apply long-term grit when they were in school and younger because they easily finished what was challenging for other people, and few teachers and mentors up-leveled the game especially for them. I'll pause here, though. Because the story about your personal power is the story you want to and like to hear. The story you don't want to hear and be held accountable to is the one that says you're scared of being the best version of you and that you should dial it back so that you don't have to deal with the social fallout of revealing your childhood. Mediocrity is safe for you because your mediocre level of results and performance is at the level of very good for other people. And so... You can get by and you can be very good without rocking the boat. But come on, let's move past those easy A-minuses. Marianne Williamson said it best, Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure about you. Standing Tall I used the term creative giant behind the scenes for years before I used it publicly. I didn't want to share it because I was afraid you'd hate the name. I got it, Team PF got it, everyone I talked to got it, but still, there was a fear that it'd be yet another name or concept that wouldn't stick. Well, I was wrong about that. It resonated. 
I was also scared of the truth that showing you who you are also means showing you who I am. Those 12 challenges I listed above? Yep, I struggle with them too. I'm a lot better with some than others, but I'm here in the trenches with you. Day in, day out. Since I shared the original post, I've gotten a lot of emails, phone calls, letters, and other touch points about how much you've felt seen, and that really warms my heart. I've also gotten a few, I'm glad you wrote that, but I'm a little mad at you for pointing it out notes too. I'll take a little bit of groaning from you if the end result is you're standing a little taller and feeling truly seen. I'll tell you the same thing that I told my troops. You may not always like me, but we will succeed, and I will do my best to take care of you. It's the tension of doing my best to take care of you that bugged me then and continues to get me up in the morning. I know there's a part of you that won't like the giant bit. I know why that part is there. The superficial elitism of the label, your self-criticism, your seeing that you're not an expert or authority, and so on. I could dance around your giant hood indefinitely without ever directly holding up the mirror so that you see what I see and what the world sees and what we will really, really want to see so much more of. But dancing around it and hiding that mirror from you, that's not the best I can do to take care of you. I can't encourage you to move past that A- minus if I'm not going to do it myself. And I can't really encourage you to stand tall if I'm not doing it myself. As part of the process of doing the best I can to take care of you, I've been focusing a lot on self-mastery topics for the last year or so, and will continue to do so. It's not the sexiest stuff, but it's the stuff that's going to make a difference. I don't want you to just get by on your own raw power, and I don't want you to excel at a game that doesn't tap into the best of who you are and what you can truly do when you set your mind to it and you have the skills and the mindset and the community that will help you win. I want you to stand taller so you can step bigger. Let's dare mighty things and not live life haunted by the knowledge that we chose to be very good at somebody else's game when we could have been our own version of excellent. Let's stand tall, together. Until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to The Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, creative giant.